podcast. I have such an exciting episode today because this is with my two good friends, Tori and Chad Masters. If you guys don't know who they are, I'm sure you do. They make a lot of marriage content over on YouTube and Instagram, a bunch of faith-based content that's geared towards just giving you hope and encouragement. And I actually met Chad and Tori a couple of years ago at an event in Nashville. And ever since then, I have always wanted to either do a podcast, do a video, something with them because they're just such great friends and I think that they have just a bunch of wisdom to share and they're also just fun people to be around. We spent pretty much the whole day together and they just have an energy that's so hard to be upset around because they're just so happy and positive and just uplifting to be around and so I'm so excited to share this episode. We talked about a lot of different things, you know, marriage advice, if you're engaged, you are entering into that season of life. We also touched on, you know, their past stories of, you know, Tori being Miss Florida, Chad's modeling career, and how that shaped them into who they are, into kind of touching on moving to Florida, building their house. And yeah, this is a pretty long episode, so I'm going to keep my intro short. It is Sunday when I'm recording this intro the day before this episode goes up. So I wanted to mention that I'm going to also have a video up with Tori. If you guys want to check out that, it'll be over on my YouTube channel. We did a girl talk video for my channel and also hers. So if you enjoy this episode, feel free to subscribe to my channel. And also let me know if you've been enjoying the guest episode. Episodes. I've been trying to do a few more guest episodes than I typically do and I just think it's nice to switch it up. I also have had just some really great people in town that I've been excited to talk to so I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. I guess for a high and low of the week it's Sunday when I'm recording this like I mentioned and it's been a great week. This past weekend we went up to Oklahoma and we stayed in Smithville, Oklahoma which is an area that I didn't honestly know existed but it's right along the I'm probably going to pronounce this incorrectly, but it's the Talamina Scenic Byway. We got to see all the fall colors. It was just me, my sister Jamie, and my mom, and it was so peaceful to go out there. I posted a reel on my Instagram, and it really did look like that. I did add a bit of a filter, but it was so pretty and just so peaceful and so crazy that something like that exists so close to Texas because Texas is so flat, but that was just such a beautiful area of Oklahoma. And I guess my only low of the week, I've been feeling a bit scattered lately. There's just been a lot going on, and we're also trying to make some decisions about what we want to do when our lease is up in July, and I can feel myself getting a bit more anxious which is a way that I don't want to feel we got back from church today and it was just such a great sermon and we were listening to this song was actually from Watermark Church it was called Grateful I believe that's what it's called and it was just such a good reminder to remember to be thankful for the answered prayers that you have when you're still you know making prayers that you hope get answered to and it just put me in the right mindset. I just wanted to encourage you guys to, to go listen to that song because it was for one so beautiful, but also let it be a reminder for this week that it's okay to be content with the things that you have. Even when you have decisions on the horizon, you have a lot going on that there's a God who loves you. And sometimes just being still with him is the answer you need to the anxiety that you feel. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let me know if you do. And let's just go ahead and get into it. I have some very special guests here that I'm sure you guys know, but I wanted to welcome on Chad and Tori Masters. Hello. Hello, I would love for you guys to give them a little blurb about who you guys are and what you do, even though I'm sure they have already watched your videos, know who you are, but Mm. for anyone who may not know. 
Well, I'm Chad. My sweet, beautiful wife, Tori, is sitting right next to me. (laughs) I like long walks on the beach. Oh, my goodness. Macaroni and cheese and dogs named Marvin. I can't. (laughs) What what else do you want to know? No, I'm I'm kidding. Tori and I, um, we have some social media channels that we love to encourage people with. We Mm -hmm. always say that we want to be the people that we wish we had. And we uh, just built our dream home in Florida and we're moving in like this week or next week. So we're super excited about that. And um, that's that's a little bit about us. How much more Mm -hmm. do you want? I would also love to know. So this is my question that I try to ask everyone because I usually answer this in my own intro, but Mm -hmm. I think it's fun to hear it from other people too. What would be your high and low of the week for each of Mm. Mm, y'all? Because y'all have had such a a crazy week. It's been a crazy week. Um, I feel like the high is seeing our home kind of come together. Uh, Just so you guys know, we've been building our dream home for about a year and a half now. And there's been so many things that were just like dreams on a blueprint. And this week in particular was our final week to like stage our home because um, we were very blessed to be in the parade of homes in our town and seeing that vision actually come to life and completing certain rooms was such a high um, and just, yeah, like the mark of completion. So that was yeah. a really fun. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the low, if we were to just mm-hmm. do one of each, yeah, um, the low would be that Tori and I had a pretty big a moment of tension and conflict this week we and it's almost like you know the boiling point like yeah the what is it point. yeah at 212 degrees yeah. water becomes boiling but 211 i feel like for so long of everything we're doing with work uh everything we're doing with the home and everything relationally mm-hmm. for being like decently newlyweds we're coming mm-hmm. up on three years but we're yeah. still like n- learning to navigate communication styles and everything we feel like we were just hovering at 211 degrees for a yes. minute And then there's been a few moments where it did boil over a little bit. And Mm -hmm. so that was probably some of the lows in terms of like, we never want these incredible blessings to become burdens. Mm -hmm. And whenever they do, it's a real gut punch, you know, where you start to feel, oh my goodness, like, am I even happy with everything we're doing right now? Or is this Mm -hmm. just stressing me out? And so we had to work through that, but that was probably a low, but ended up, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like a, like we feel better about it now, but at the moment it was rough. Yeah. I would say the same. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen their house, I would highly encourage you. This isn't even a purposeful plug, but you really (laughs) got to go watch the videos because it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. And it's being furnished right now. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and the parade of homes is just crazy. It's been a wild ride. That's awesome. We we kept saying that we feel like backstory, but we're also trying to like start a family. But Mm -hmm. this home has been like our baby. Like we Mm -hmm. feel like we've been pregnant with this home (laughs) for a long time. And we're like about to give birth to it. But like Mm -hmm. the last part of it is like contractions, you know, and they're really hard and you have to breathe really slow and take deep breaths and it's painful. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we felt the last couple of weeks with just like incredible work opportunities coming through. But at the same time that we're trying to close on a house and finish decorating it and everything else. And we're like, it's such um, a season we know won't last forever, but it's such an important one. That's like laying the foundation for our future family. And so we know that like all of this hard work and kind of the stress that comes along with all of it is for an amazing purpose. And so that boiling point that we did have, it was like, wow, it, it allowed us to refocus you know, and like, why are we doing what we're doing? And as soon as you recognize like, oh, we're doing this for a greater purpose, 
it puts like a purpose to the pain. Yeah. You know, I really love like asking that question, the why, you know, it's like Simon Sinek, start with why. Mm-hmm. And for me, oh, if you don't know that, so so Simon Sinek is an author, he's written, he's written a lot of great books, but for us, that's what helps us keep going in the hard moments is yeah. having a really good why. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's kind of like, imagine that you're, you're hungry and you want to go get food, but you want something fast. So you get into a fast food line, right? Well, you know, if that line is really long, your, your why, it, how hungry are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how long are you willing to wait in that line? And I feel like for us, even though we do have a ton of like big life things happening right now. And by the way, Tori and I, this is new for us. We've never owned a home. We've always just rented. And it's like all this new stuff brings like, you know, new challenges and stuff. We're learning how to do our finances inside of a loan and all that. And, but it's like our why helps us keep plugging along because mm-hmm. it's such a great why versus instead of just like, oh, we're building a house. Like, no. We're building a home that we will raise children in, you know, and like there's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. So that's helped us. Kind of going off of the why question, I would love to know why you guys actually started doing social media and kind of Mm. making it into a job and what initially made you want to start. I know you've talked about this a lot on your channel, but for anyone who may not know. I love the question. So we were kind of on Instagram like way before YouTube. Mm -hmm. And we recognize that Chad and I love to communicate with people. And we feel like we've gone through so much in our lives and we've learned things the hard way a lot of the time. And so for me, I I recognize I was in my DMs for like three to four hours a day trying to respond to people's questions about faith and relationships. And then my sweet husband, who's currently taking a selfie. um, You guys want to hear something really embarrassing? (laughs) I was so oh, nervous no. to record this podcast that I had to go to the bathroom right before and I just came into the room and I realized my zipper is down oh and I'm trying God. to low key. Chad, I looked over a second and, ago and I I was and like I, I was like so embarrassed but then I got nervous to put my zipper up because you can hear it in the microphone and I'm like what? oh my gosh is this a sound effect? So this is why we started a YouTube channel cuz I oh am awkward. <laughs> Sweet Tori's oh just giving this really goodness. deep story about you. Thoughtful. And you yeah. Left your yeah. We always say that she's the salt and I'm the pepper. She's <laughs> consistent and adds flavor oh to everything. Goodness. And I spice things up a bit. There it is. I would say that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, he was like, babe, why don't you just make a video on the topic? You know, like if someone's asking you about like how to operate in their singleness in a way that's honoring to the Lord and yet preparing them for the next season. What's your advice for the single ladies out there? And he was like, in that way, when they DM you, you have a resource and you can just send them that video to encourage them versus having to type out the same response all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at YouTube as just a vehicle to solve a problem, It, which was like being in my DMs all day, mm-hmm. you know? And then once we started it, I remember hitting 400 subscribers before Chad was like a part of the channel. Um, And I was like, oh, my goodness, it's like my little church, you know, and I'm like, this is like my little congregation Mm -hmm. and I'm going to serve them and show up for them every week, like and encourage them like they're my church. And it was it's so true because the church that I was really involved with before I moved to L.A., it was like 300 people on a good day. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, 400 people want to tune in and actually listen to this, like, encouraging, you know, message or lessons that I've learned the hard way. And I just remember, like, I'm going to serve these 400 like it's 4,000. And I remember 4,000 seeming like w- no way we'd ever hit yeah. 4,000. And and it was such a cool um I don't know, just a really cool season. And then 
they started wanting to know more about our love story and People how Chad, love, love. Chad got roped in. <clears throat> and then I was like pulling Chad onto the channel and he was like, I encouraged you to make a YouTube channel. <laughs> I remember the walk that Tori and I took. Yeah. It was it was uh, in Toluca Lake, California, which is in Los Angeles. I remember saying to Tori, I think you should quit your job and start a YouTube channel and like I'll hold down the fort for this short time being. Mm -hmm. And then what she heard was... I'm going to quit start. my job and we're going to start because <laughs> marriage is we language. Yep. And so, yeah, that was funny. But now, you know, fast forwarding uh, two and a half years from then, mm -hmm. it's been a wild journey. Totally. And it's taken some time from, you know, going through ebbs and flows of like the impacts of mental health on social mm -hmm. media yeah. and learning how to do it and learning how to turn it into a business, but in an ethical way, that mm -hmm. a way that you feel um, that it that it, it builds into integrity where it's mm -hmm. not just like, okay, I grew this audience and now I'm just going to make stacks off of them. No, mm -hmm. it's like, how do I honor our audience in the way that we pursue this as a business? That way we can make more of what they want, right. but then also take some of those earnings and reinvest it back into them. And so mm -hmm. there, there's a whole process that's been happening over the past yeah. two and a half years. And it's, um, it's been a, a long learning curve, mm -hmm. but I love every, every time Tor and I get to that stage where, we're sitting there and we ask, but what's next? Oh, sorry. There it is. I am so, that was so good. That's going to, I'm going to, you realize that this is going to be I a thing. I should pay you for that. It's a little, yeah, <laughs> just okay. dropping it for you. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying, I'm going to keep saying phrases that just lead me to say, but what's next? There you go. Oh my goodness. That's the only reason I was saying that whole story. <laughs> no, but I love y'all's story because from someone who has been on social media for almost like 10 years now Crazy. there are so many people who start it now because they know you can grow it you can mm -hmm. make a lot of money from it if yeah. you are treating your audience like you know this is my piggy bank and i can mm -hmm. just get whatever yeah. i want out of it right and i think what sets you guys apart is just that relationship that you have with your audience i mean mm -hmm. we went and grabbed lunch and they were just showing their discord chat that they have from their patreon i'm like these people like love you so much and it's because you truly impacted their lives and i think that's so special because not that many people start YouTube yeah. and Instagram with that mission behind it. And it makes me so happy that you guys are just growing and reaching more people. And it really is just so special. So we yeah. love them. And we, we say this all the time to them, but we feel like they encourage us more than we even encourage them so often because uh, vulnerable moment. We were supposed to post a video on Tuesday mm -hmm. and sat down to record the video. And I just hit a moment of just complete overwhelm and we clicked record and I just started crying. And mm -hmm. I was like, I just don't think that I can film today. Like, I feel like I am, I would be pouring from an empty cup and that's not going to benefit our audience. And I remember being like nervous to, to, to say like, sorry, y'all, there's not a video today. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just really stressed out. Mm -hmm. And instead, DM box flooded with encouraging messages and people saying like, we encourage you to take a break. And all of these things that like lifted my spirit and filled me back up where I was excited to then film again. You know what I mean? And it's like their support and their love is the reason we do what we do. Yeah, You know what I mean? And it's just like, they're in a lot of them are in a season that we were in, you know, previously. And it's exciting watching God move in their life and them not have to learn the hard way in mm -hmm. some circumstances. And it also just the fact that we get to have a relationship with them and see what they're walking through and get to pray with them and get to praise with them is it makes it feel like you're doing it for the community. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not just the Chad and Tori show. It's like truly like the master's fam, you know? Yeah. And like, 
yeah, we just love them a lot. Yeah. I mean, for me, um, I, I know this is super cliche, but you know that quote that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? Well, yeah. I was really impacted by that because, you know, I wasn't raised in the church or anything. And and then I had a really close friend of mine after he invested just two to three years of just strong friendship in my life, invite mm-hmm. me to church to where I'd eventually give my life to Christ. And the the thing that really set it apart was that he like loved me anyways. Mm-hmm. And he was just in my life, so like, like just to be a really good friend. Right. And, and I just remember how much that impacted me. And I feel like when it comes to choosing what you do on social media, well, are you looking at your audience as a dollar sign or are you looking at them? Are you looking at them as a soul? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that's helped us that we always put that why first, which is that like, people have zero care how much we have to say until they know how much we care about them. Mm-hmm. And we truly do care. I'm not just trying to plug our hearts for these people, but it's like, you know, like take away all the business of it. And we'll, like our hearts will still be to serve our neighbor. Right. And mm-hmm. right now our neighbor is a few people online. Right. But we love that. And almost a hundred K people. Online. <laughs> we're knocking on the door. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's really, it really does help whenever you kind of find that why, cause mm-hmm. it, it helps you, to not want things for the wrong reasons. And and those mm-hmm. temptations do come in though, because as you oh, yeah. grow and you desire different things, you know, you see opportunities and sometimes you're just like, oh, wow, maybe I could just do this. But then, yeah. you know, always getting back to the basics, you know, yeah. always getting back to the, to the reasons of why you're doing something helps us. Yeah. And something we've been talking about a lot lately is having the character to match the calling. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we see so many people who will get a platform and it corrupts them. You know, and it's because their character doesn't match. And you need so, to say that louder for the people in the back. Oh, it's it's upsetting in the Christian community. It's like why you see so many pastors fall. You know, it's like they get this platform and they start taking the glory from them for themselves. We weren't built for glory. You know, we are built to get and give. You know what I mean? So like, it's about what can go through us and Conduit, glory yeah. back to God, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah. So I just feel like we've been so focused on, okay, if this thing is growing, we have to make sure that our character is growing. Our integrity is growing. The fruits of the spirit are in our life and working, you know, um, every single day mm-hmm. because we never want to grow to the sense that our character can't match that. Yeah. You know, you guys know how important rest is to me and I can't express how much I love to rest at night in my Brooklinen sheets. Brooklinen is the only sheet company I use truly. I have been using their products for years now and they are just the most beautiful sheets ever but they also are at a more affordable price. We have the Luxe Core sheet set and we have this really pretty kind of cross pattern. It's really simple and I remember when I switched them out Aiden was like oh my goodness these sheets just feel so fresh or something about a fresh new pair of sheets that really does elevate your sleep experience. They have something for your every comfort need, ideal for a seasonal refresh because they're always launching new products. And they also have loungewear too. This is something that I really want to try. They have cozy robes, they have towels, they have basically anything that you need. We just love Brooklinen. Their products also come with a 365 day warranty, which is great. So you know that they are confident in what they're selling you. And they've also received over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. I'm actually thinking about asking for 
the linen sheet set for Christmas because I've always wanted to get their linen sheets because they just look so beautiful. If you want to give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at Brooklinen, you guys can go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code NEXT to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code NEXT for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com, promo code NEXT, N-E-X-T, and I will also have it in the show notes of this episode. And reversing a little bit, I would love to hear kind of your love story, maybe a little summary of how you guys met. And I think you both have really cool stories leading up to this point. I mean, Chad, you still model, but you were really heavily into the modeling industry mm-hmm. at that yeah. point. Tori, if you guys don't know, is Miss Florida. And so I would love for you guys to kind of share your background of how you guys actually got to be together. I feel like we've lived so many different lives. We have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like a cat where I'm on like live number seven right yeah. now. 100%. Yeah. And I feel like whenever I'm able to become a dad, that's going to be a long life. That's going to be a good one. But Maybe on my grandfather, that'll be life nine. You know what I mean? So anyways, um, for me, are you cool if I go first? Yeah. Um, For me, I was studying business. I have a Mm -hmm. double major, double minor at college in Florida. And then I had a radical change and I gave my life to Christ. And then I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be an actor. (laughs) And so I have feelings and I move out to Los Angeles to, um, to pursue acting. And then I got part of this actor's Bible study. And then they were like, well, hey, right now you're you're a private school tutor and a male nanny. You don't make any money. You just paid to live, essentially. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to pay for acting classes unless you get a different job. I'm like, well, what else could I do? And they're like, well, you could always model to pay for acting. And I, I said, I replied to them. I was like, no, I'm not one of those. <laughs> and then fast forward eight years, I'm still kind of one of those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I got submitted to like a modeling competition, very similar to America's Next Top Model. And yeah. Ended up winning that and they moved me to Florida and I started modeling and that's where I was in Miami at that point. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine from LA was in a TV show and he got invited to Comic-Con in Orlando and he invited me to drive up. And I was like, yeah, dude, I would love to drive up and hang out with you and go to Comic-Con because I love that stuff. And, and so I'm up there and um, I run into a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. of, of Tori and mine. Yeah. And I, well, I didn't know Tori, but I, I met, I knew this girl named Chloe and Chloe's like, Hey, I want you to go, I want you to go meet my friend Tori. And Tori was standing there with a crown and a sash and a dress. The and, whole Miss Florida get up, the and, whole situation. And this is one of those moments that I look back on my life and I'm like, wow, Chad, you really got to work on your delivery. You know, you really got to work on that. But I walk up to her and I said, am I supposed to know who you are? And which was kind of yeah. like a little pompous but I, I meant it is and she looked very important you know she had you know she had all the crown and sash and everything I was like am I supposed to like wow like but yeah so so that was my story leading up to meeting her yeah and my story was a little different I feel like I grew up very like in a very competitive you know field I was dancing pageants the whole nine yards wait a second I was ultra competitive you were too I didn't mean? say it was opposite I just said did I say different? Yeah, you said different. You said, well, I grew up in a really cool, loving, competitive family. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, but now you can hear how competitive I am. <laughs> I just was saying, I feel like I grew up in a very competitive, like... That dance world is different. Oh, it's, it's insane. insane. Yeah. It really is insane. It's like a seven day a week, three hour a day kind of thing. And you're thing. young, too. You're yeah, it was school, my whole childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I finally... I, this is actually a funny story. I didn't even get crowned Miss Florida the night of Miss Florida. I didn't find out I was Miss Florida till five days later, but they crowned the wrong girl like the night of Miss Florida. And so I didn't even like find out that I was until uh, five days later. And then like the next week is when I met 
Chad, which is so crazy. But Shout we, were, out. we were at the uh, Miss America's Outstanding Teen Pageant. So I was there supporting my teen, who was just recently Miss Florida, which is kind of funny. Um, and I remember my friend Chloe walking up with this super handsome man. And I was like, <clears> who <throat> is that? Hey. And she like, honestly, she had a boyfriend at the time. So I was like, why is she walking with this super hot guy? Um, and he came up and said that. And I was like, okay, oh. <laughs> who's that? And I just remember him leaving and us becoming Facebook friends, which is dating so us. funny. You're dating us now. I it's mean, like, you guys, we are a little bit older for like social media crowd. Is it, oh my is it goodness. Called, we are. It's not we even are. Facebook anymore. It's called Meta or something like That's that. That's what they're trying Wait, to really? change it to. Yeah. yeah. The Metaverse. See, I didn't even know that. You gotta keep me up to date, you guys. 28 so, and 31. So to fast forward a little bit, yeah. we become Facebook friends and then I was, <laughs> I, I, I put the status on Facebook where I was yeah. just like, you know, woe is me. The traveling life is not what you think it is when you're modeling, you're traveling because you're, you're very lonely, yeah. honestly. And it's like, it looks so cool because airplanes and car services and whatever, but it's like, you know, fancy clothes that you get to take home for free. Yeah. Well, that never happened. I probably, and they always make it sound like it does yeah, though. It doesn't happen, you know? And, and I really learned like time shared is time well spent, mm-hmm. you know, where it was one of the saddest moments for me was I remember I was in Ireland at one point and I went to like this area, like the cliffs of more. Mm-hmm. And I just took this like selfie. I, I went to the edge of the cliffs. I took a selfie with it. And I just stood there mm-hmm. and it was honestly kind of like sad. I mean, not that I can't be alone and just, you know, be content in a moment, but it's just one of those things where I wish I had someone to share it with. But yeah. so I, um, I, I posted this whole status and then Tori commented on that thing or she messaged me from that status where I was just like, it's not what you think it is in terms of like the travel life. Yeah. So he posted the status and it was about like the travel life being lonely, but also how he was finding community in this small group in Miami called Models for Christ. And at the time I was in Miss America prep. And so I lived with my director and all I did was prep for Miss America. I had no community, no church life, no anything. It was like just focus on Miss America. And when I saw that, it just like struck a chord with me. Like, wow, I need friends. I need community. Like I couldn't agree with the status more. And so I reached out to Chad and I was like, I'm technically not in the modeling industry, but is this something that I could be a part of? Like, can I join the modeling industry so that I can be a part of this group? Cause like I need friends. And, um, guess what I hit her with next. Hey, we should grab coffee. Most (laughs) Christian. (laughs) Christian I thought you were going to say like, Oh, you could be a model or something like that. I was like, I was waiting for you to say that. Yeah. I was kind of like Uh, shooting my shot and just like, yeah, I would love to talk to you more. I I, I see promise in you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Would love to take you out to coffee, you know, like that whole thing. And I remember whenever she showed up, I remember what she's wearing and I I got the vision in my head and we went to this cute place in, in South beach and she walked up and that's when I think she realized that this is a coffee. I realized it was a date as soon as I walked up. Oh my goodness. But we ended up hanging out the whole day. So we met for brunch and then we went to the beach and then we ended up having Cuban coffee <clears> and then he cooked me dinner and then I like dropped him off at work that night. It was crazy. Yeah. What a date. It was, yeah. a, it was a date. And then if you fast forward a few months, what then happened, my sweet loving wife? <laughs> he might have gotten friend zoned for a couple of years. <laughs> I got slapped with the friend zone, you all. But look at me now. You can't look at me. This is a podcast. Listen to me now. Can you hear the sound? It's me flicking my ring. <laughs> I'm just teasing everyone. But no, I mean, like it, yeah. Tori uh, had some stuff going on in her life and yeah. she wasn't ready to jump into a relationship and mm-hmm. totally get that and respect that. Um, but yeah, so went to the friend zone for a while, which ultimately I think was good has, for us was one of the best things ever for our relationship in general, like our over, like our 30,000 foot view relationship of like, Mm -hmm. you know, all the way from 
you know, just talking as people all the way to hopefully we'll have grandchildren and great grandchildren one day, you know, being friends is the key. Mm -hmm. It's such the key. And what I love about us, unfortunately, me being in the friend zone for a few years, actually, I got put in the friend zone twice, but that's for people who (laughs) want to go see that video. But I, um, it, it helped us learn to communicate with each other and it helped us learn to respect each other as individuals. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really helped us just honor and respect each other and communicate because, you know, there's times where marriage can be pretty tough. And you, if you jump straight into a romantic relationship, then you kind of it puts some pressures on there where you didn't really have the communication skills and the the mutual respect for this person aside from how you feel romantically about them. But you have this just like personal, just I just like this person. And I, yeah. I remember one time, the second time toward friends on me, she said to me on the phone, I was living in New York and she was, I think, down in Florida still. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Chad, I can just be your friend. That's OK. And I was like, but but no, no, <laughs> not again. <laughs> I'm like, not again. And uh, but no, it's just one of those things where I like that we both were, even though if I was reluctant, willing to be friends. And that was like the foundation, you know, yeah. for our relationship. Mm-hmm. And something that I wanted to touch on was you mentioning that you used to live in New York. And this is a random question. <clears throat> I'm trying to ask questions that you guys have not touched on in your videos. Because <laughs> for reference, guys, if you have any questions about relationships, marriage, they have everything on their channel. Y'all have so Aww. many great videos. But Chad, in a recent video, had mentioned something about New York City. And you mm-hmm. said, yep, been there, done that, would never go back. <laughs> and I would love to hear why that was a place that you could never see yourself going back to. New York just beat the snot out of me. It mm-hmm. is such a tough city. And I love New York. You know, I've heard it described before that New York is that crazy relationship that you have that was super, super unhealthy, but it was wild. You know what I mean? And so for me, I heard Casey Nestat, the OG YouTuber, I heard him say it once where he said, I love New York. I don't love being in New York. Mm-hmm. And it it's like sensory overload. And the same things I loved about New York were the same things I hated about New York. Yeah. I love that there's always something to do. I hated that there's always something to do. You don't have any downtime. And I, I loved all the amazing restaurants, but then I hated that because I, I never, I stopped spending money. You can't really get ahead. And, yeah. and for me, I just, I think I got caught into the rat race in Manhattan and I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying you should just take my thing and just write off New York. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I'm definitely like a people person. And if I try to talk to you in an elevator and then you just give me a dirty look, I'm like, all right, well, my day's ruined. You know, like people just, I, 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 I loved my time in New York, but I also was, it was really hard. And I was going like two different counselors for a little while, just Mm -hmm. like one for career stuff and one for like personal stuff. And so it was really great learning, but I feel like I got stripped away of everything. And I got to see like who I am with nothing. Cause whenever my work was failing and I got to, my pride was taking huge hits. And then when my, my previous relationship failed, my, I just, I was a wreck. And I feel like New York is a hard place to be a wreck in. And, and for me, I feel like, oh, and also, you know, what's kind of funny. This is the weirdest thing. This is, this just blows my mind. Buckle up everybody in New York city. Okay. (laughs) If you have your own washer and dryer in unit, you are wealthy. Yeah. In Los Angeles, if you have your own parking spot, you are wealthy (laughs) in Lakeland, Florida, where my wife and I live. (laughs) You like, if you don't have your own laundry in your own you're, 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 you're not living in the right place because like it's, you can, you can get that anywhere. And it just blows my mind that you just pay all this money for something is just that, you know, you'll spend so much money on things that 
that like it doesn't give you a return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The return wasn't worth it. That was a long, I'm sorry for the long no, answer. No, how would you say that that compared to both you guys? Because you guys also recently moved out of LA. Mm-hmm. What was that maybe compared to New York City and why you guys eventually moved to Florida? Do you want me to touch on LA? I loved <clears throat> LA. I had a very interesting experience in LA though. It was so God ordained and I feel like a lot of people have very different LA stories mm-hmm. if you ask around, but it, I remember before I moved to LA, my friend Riley, um, that Chad introduced me to when we were dating, we sat down for coffee and she had no idea that I was considering moving to LA. And she looked me straight in the eyes. She's so prophetic. And she was like, you might not be ready for LA, but LA needs you. And it mm-hmm. punched me in the gut. And I started crying at this coffee place. Like the first time I ever <laughs> met her. And I think it was like what I needed to be like, okay, I'm not just moving across, just, we're now married. But at the time it was hard. I didn't have a ring on my finger. I was like, am I moving across the country for a guy? And I don't even know like what the future holds and all this yeah, stuff. Scary. And, and it was really scary. But as soon as I knew that it was a God thing and I knew that God had purpose for me in LA outside of Chad, it it just was like, okay, here we go. It gave me that confirmation. and Because you made so many great friends, too. It, it was, there. I had never experienced community like I experienced in L.A. The first day that I, I moved there, I moved in with three girls that I'd never met in person before. The second day, Chelsea and I became like best friends. Um, another girl that Chad had introduced me to, Nicole, she, Chad was out of town and she took me to Home Goods and Target and TJ Maxx. And she's like, let's get your room all set up and you should be a part of my Bible study. And, and so that was like the first week Chad was actually out of town at a modeling job and he calls me and I'm at a birthday party with all of his friends. And I he's was like, like, what? He's like, what is happening? And I'm like, I love your friends. And I was just like hanging out with all of them. And then the next week, a girl that I had looked up to for a really long time, she's a former Miss USA, but she used her platform for Jesus. She had this whole, she is more ministry and had written a devotional book that really impacted me. And she reached out to me on Instagram. She's like, I saw that you moved to LA. We're having this event at the beach with my women's ministry and my husband's men ministry. Like you should come. And I was like, oh, I'll be there. I didn't even know you knew I existed. And um, we sat and talked on the beach for like three hours. And she was like, you should be a part of my Bible study. And so in the first two weeks of moving to L.A., I was part of two Bible studies Wednesday and Thursday night. And it's how I met all my friends. And then all of these women were so powerful in their own respect, but a lot of them didn't know each other. And so immediately in my first month of moving to L.A., I knew that my mission in L.A. was to connect these powerful women of God. And so it's really cool now living in in Florida because I look back and now they're all friends and they all hang out. And yeah. I was like, that's why I was in L.A. Like that's what that was God's purpose for me was like to connect these women so that they could continue the ministry in L.A. And it's funny because before we moved to L.A., I felt God say, you'll be there for two years. Like and I was like that feels like a long time when I was still in Florida. And then I got there and I loved it so much. that so I was like, I'm never leaving. I love LA. And when Chad first started talking about moving back to Florida, I'm like, no, I love LA. We're <laughs> not going back to Florida. Like I moved out here for you and now I love it. Now you just want to go back to Florida. And almost to the day, two years later, we moved back to Florida oh and it was like the grace was lifted. Like God was like, I told yeah. you two years. It was, and it was two years and 18 days. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So wild. But the reason we ended up moving back to Florida, um, so many God like opportunities and doors were opening in Florida. And 
we met the builder, like uh, just like so many random, like we have a whole video on YouTube if you want the whole story, because it's kind of a long God story. Yeah. But as we were starting to talk about wanting to build a family, you it's really hard to do that in LA, like because you're spending so much money on rent, so much money on mm-hmm. food, like everything is just so expensive and it's really hard, very similar to New York to like get ahead. And it's like, okay, well, what kind of life do we want to give our future children? You know, and are we making a decision to stay in L.A. based on community that's very transient? You know, like people don't stay in L.A. for life. You know, they come to pursue a dream and then they like peace out once they like settle down and have kids. And so Chad was like, we can't base a decision on people who probably won't even be here in five years. Mm, So it was really hard for me. Yeah, it was a really, really hard adjustment. But yeah, it it was really hard in general. Yeah. Um, But it, it was getting back to like what do you really value? Yeah. And for me, it was just like, well, I, I value my time with my wife and my future kids more than I value living in a cool city. Mm -hmm. Now I loved LA and like, it was such a fun time. And we had the, I think one of the reasons why you build such a strong community there, if you can find them is that there's like families don't live there. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. just a bunch of other people, your age, you know, Mm -hmm. just all, and you stick as close as family and it's so special. It is is so, so, so special. And no one works normal jobs. So you just like hang out all the time. (laughs) Yeah. But what's next? Something. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I thought you were genuinely pushing me along. I was like, oh, he just wants to use his (laughs) pen. But no, this does go off that. Something that I really admire about you guys and that was very inspirational for me getting married was just how well you guys set up boundaries to protect your marriage Mm -hmm. in terms of you know, your work-life balance and even to where you built your house in a certain... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tori's giving a look to Chad. Uh, Work-life balance. (laughs) It's changed changed the past year and a month. Yeah, Yeah. I think the last bit of time has been a little bit crazy, but even the way you built your house, having your own section that's, you know, just for you guys. Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about if there was ever, you know, a moment when you realized you needed to put up those boundaries or if that was something you did from the start when you got married that you knew. Yeah. It was definitely both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was absolutely both. both. We, we, um, we just heard some horror stories about, you know, for a first year of marriage, we, you know, you don't really know until you're in it with somebody, mm-hmm. but you know, people see what the divorce rate is. They see all this stuff. And Tori and I, we, we wanted to give ourselves the best chance possible because we love marriage, but we also know the reality of it where, mm-hmm. you know, we, we were long distance for, um, seven months of dating. We got engaged the eighth month. And then we got married five months later. So we didn't really have a ton of time like in person with each other. And so we just wanted to do our best to, to make good decisions, to set it, to set ourselves up for success. And if that meant spending a little bit more money to get a two bedroom, two bath, that way we, we have some personal space if we need it, then cool. Let's invest that money. You know, it's, it's not an expense, it's an investment. And it's really kind of challenges your view of money in different situations Mm -hmm. where a lot of people look at that as like, I, like a lot of people say is like, oh, I can't afford the extra three or 400 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I couldn't afford having a, a bad first year of marriage, you know? So I was willing to commit that extra, you know, if it's say 400 bucks a month, 4,800, $5,000 $5, a year to make sure that I, I, my wife and I have our own personal space if we need it in our mm-hmm. first year. And so mm-hmm. there was definitely some things that we wouldn't, um, if someone were to stay with us, they can't stay longer than what was it through? It was four days. It was four for days. The first year, yeah. And so that's because we've heard from a lot of friends that is just like, hey, everyone's going to want to come visit you, especially if you're in a big city like that. And mm-hmm. we just had to kind of set that boundary and choosing holidays and who goes where when. Because we, you know, I always went to my family. And she always went to her family. Mm-hmm. Right. That's kind of the way things go. And 
And then it's like, well, where do we go now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of decisions that we had to make, but then we also are always pivoting and learning yeah. about like what, what we do now. And yeah. we're still making decisions on work-life balance and like how, like, you know, how we navigate a new workflow. Yeah. And, and so it's definitely both. I'd love to hear when you guys were engaged, if there were any things that you guys walked through before getting married, because that's <laughs> a big kind of audience that I have right now yeah. is a lot of women. This was a lot of the women who mm-hmm. wrote into the poll yeah. was just kind of tips to prepare for engagement. I know mm-hmm. you guys did premarital counseling, yeah. but if maybe someone isn't aware that they need boundaries, what yeah. are some ways that they can prepare for just getting married? I feel like, man, engagement season was probably the hardest season of our relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting season because you feel connected like you're married, but you're not yet. Yeah. And so you're like making decisions on, OK, when are we going to combine our finances? OK, how much can we spend on this or how much can we spend on that? And you feel like you're making a lot of decisions as a unit, but you haven't said I do yet. Mm-hmm. And it makes it, I just remember like even the physicality part, like we had to stop even making out. We were like, <laughs> okay, like there's some physical boundaries that had to like really happen in engagement because you feel like it, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was just a tough season for us. Yeah. Um, and like back to what Chad said, it was like, we had just watched so many friends and heard so many stories that we were like okay these are some boundaries that have worked for friends like we should just put all of them into place and and see like what works for us and what doesn't and Mm -hmm. and I do think it was really important like he said to like just communicate those in advance you know like even if you're you're dating you know like having the specific boundary in place to like okay I know that for me, I need girl, girl time, you know, like I need it to function well. And I'm going to be a better wife if I have some time to like be with my friends. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that I saw get into a serious relationship, whether that's engagement or marriage, and they just like completely stopped hanging out with friends. And that was like hard for me, you know, and, and for me, I'm such a like girl's girl. Like I just love girlfriends. And so Chad and I like made sure like when we were married, I had two different small groups I was going to a week, the the Wednesday and the Thursday. And then he had his on, on what, Tuesday night? Yeah, so like Tuesday, night. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday nights. Like we were not at our house, but that meant that we had to be intentional to have a night where it was just us, you know? And like, we're not constantly um, making commitments and making sure that we're communicating those commitments before we actually com- commit to them. You yeah. know, like that's a big thing because I think we actually didn't do that initially and we realized that we like needed to do that Yeah, was we would make commitments and then we would tell each other because that's what you're used to when you're single. You're not used to having to like run something by the other person. Mm -hmm. But when you get married, it actually affects the other person, you know, and so. Yeah. And and that's not to say that you can't just go do stuff. No, not at all. But it's just it's about having just respect and Mm -hmm. say, oh, wow, like, okay, my wife feels like she's going to have dinner with me tonight. And if I just made other plans, but I didn't consult her first, what if mm-hmm. she had something surprise for me? I, I would like to be courteous of that. And cause yeah. a lot of people look, think of it as like this ball and chain mm-hmm. and it's not at all, but it's just about being courteous to, to, yeah. you know, the person that you're either, you know, you're engaged or marrying or whatever, just to respect them. And as far as my answer goes to that, I mean, we, like we could talk days on this, by the way, like how many podcasts are you trying to do? Right. <laughs> you know, so I don't want to get too deep and I don't want to, I definitely don't want to offend anyone. So if you're listening to this, just know this is going to be a little bit deeper. I, and definitely listen to this, like, you know, um, with like a sensitive heart, but 
one thing that I really needed to do in spite of all my relationships, because something I struggled with before marriage was I idolized marriage. I was one of those weird guys that actually really wanted to get married. I'm definitely more of an emotional guy. And I really, really looked forward to marriage, like and almost to a fault because I realized that I was willing to stay in relationships, hoping for marriage that were bad for me. Mm-hmm. I should not have been in this relationship at all. And I'm not knocking those people, but it's just, it was bad for both parties. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I would encourage you to like pop the bubble of who you think this person is and look at them for who they truly are mm-hmm. and start having conversations about what you desire for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you feel about children? Do you want children? How do you feel about being generous with your finances? How do you feel about in-laws and who goes where and celebrates yeah. this day? What I mean, like have some deep conversations about, yeah. you know, what your future could look like. Cause you know, Tori and I, one of our favorite uh, little teachings that we've ever heard on, on marriage, one of the pastors said, what keeps you at 25 and 30 won't keep you at 55 and 60. Yeah. And it can be so easy to become infatuated with somebody because of like physical attraction, which by the way is awesome. Love my wife for that. But I also, there's so much more to it. There's mm-hmm. absolutely so much more. And so I really encourage you all to to get into a healthy mind space, sit down and and have a very it, honestly do it in public. That way you can't risk oh, yeah. having a big blow up fight, right? <laughs> and and have a deep conversation about what you both desire. And I'll tell you what, maybe take turns. One dinner is one person laying out how they feel about things cuz you are two imperfect people joining a household and you don't always know how it's going to go. And with the right conflict management skills, with the right listening skills, mm-hmm. with the right, you know, patience, peace, love, all that, with all that, you can make this thing work and it'll flourish and it'll be one of the best things you could ever have in your life. Or it can be one of the biggest liabilities in your life. Mm-hmm. And so we really encourage you to, um, if you do struggle with idolizing marriage, um, to really give this person a really great sober look and give yourself a sober look too. Mm-hmm. You know, am, am I am I being good to this person? Because I, I think we get caught into the rat race of, you know, how do I say this? We get caught to this rat race of like, who is this person to me, right? Who are they to me? And then we forget that, who are we to them? How are we mm-hmm. blessing them? Because if you're only marrying someone for who they are right now, what happens whenever that changes? Mm-hmm. If you're only loving someone for who they are right now, what happens if they aren't that anymore? Yeah. It's their good looks. It's their cool job. It's their fun personality. It's their athletic ability. It's their this, 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 this. What happens when that changes? Mm-hmm. Will you still love them? And it's important to have some of these deep conversations where I remember one time Tori asked me, we were driving back from Santa Barbara and she asked me, she's like, why do you love me? And I said to her, I love you because I love you. And that was not the answer she wanted. She wanted me (laughs) to name things I love about her, which there are so many things, so many characteristics I love about her. But even if those things were to change, I would still love her. It's a commitment on my end to say, I love you because I love you because I love you. And it's so important to not let this be conditionally love. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to conditionally love somebody. Now, yeah. granted, you do also want to make a good decision. Yeah. And so you want to make a decision that's like, hey, you two are linking arms and walking towards a common goal to mm-hmm. celebrate life together. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. And so, but you also want to make sure that you're bringing something to the table to honor and respect and serve this person. Because mm-hmm. if you're only looking at them from what they give to you, I mean, I don't, is this, is this your person, your own personal servant? No, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. A book that we read in premarital was Francis Chan's uh, Marriage mm-hmm. and the Life. Yes, You oh, and Me you Forever. Heard, yeah, Marriage we read that one too. It's so, so good. good. And I think it really like puts things into perspective because it's not the standard of marriage that the world pushes on you. It's God's standard for marriage and what the actual purpose of marriage is. And 
I loved when he said like my purpose in like what I am to my wife is I want to encourage her in the best way I can possibly encourage her for when the day that she stands in front of Jesus, Jesus will say my good and faithful servant, Mm. you know? And so I think that it's powerful to be like, wow, I have the opportunity to love this person and encourage this person unto the Lord so that that day when they get to meet Jesus, that's what Jesus says, Mm. you know? I love that. And I love how you mentioned having those conversations early on, Mm because one of the questions that I'm asked so much is, you know, how and when do I start asking someone about their opinions on, you know, more important topics like that? And it reminds me when I went on my first date with Aiden, I remember we were walking there and from the start, we had like barely gotten two words in. He's like, I'm just going to tell you two things straight up. And it was like two things from his past that may have turned off a lot of people. And so I think it's so important to have that from the beginning because you're not developing ties with someone when it's just going to hurt you down the road as soon as possible. And I think that's what you guys are just do so great at is just keeping it real. Yes. And I think that's such great advice to give people too. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a really big believer of having honest conversations at a time that's respectful to both of you. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's why I said, if you need to do it in a public place where you sit down and you say, Hey, I'm going to listen to you this entire dinner. And I just want to hear what you think about marriage. I want to hear what you look forward to, what makes you nervous. Mm -hmm. I want to hear everything that you're feeling. I want to hear like what you didn't like about your parents' marriage and what you did like about it. That way I, I know what you may expect from me in the future, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and you want to do it in a healthy setting because obviously you don't want to have a really bad day at work and then say, Mm -hmm. all right, well, I'm just going to go talk to this person about everything. (laughs) And then you have a big fight. You want it to be a healthy setting, but you know that you cannot expect what you do not express. And so expressing things is so important because you don't want to be that person who just white knuckles their entire life and their entire marriage. Mm -hmm. And what, what I mean by white knuckling is like, imagine you clench your fist, you clench it for so long, your knuckles will turn white. And you don't want to just have these clenched fists. And if you can just have these conversations early, I mean, let's go. It's it's uncomfortable, but let me just like say this really loud because our YouTube audience, they hear this a lot, <laughs> but there's so much more to intimacy than physical sex. There's so much more. I always say that intimacy is into me, you see. I felt closer to Tori, my wife, confessing to her the wrongs I've done than whenever we're being romantically involved. I know it's like TMI, I I apologize, right? But I have felt closer to her and more loved by her and with her whenever I'm at my most ugliest form, you know, than when we're being physically romantic, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's so special when people say, oh, wow, like there's so much to gain. There's so Mm -hmm. much to gain by having these deep, hard conversations because it's like, you know, I I always, I remember I was at this commercial casting for this jewelry commercial and it was for a lot of money. It was for like one day of work, 15 grand. Okay. And like, I was like, I'm here for the party. And then they put you on camera and they say that it's for a casting. Like, what's your name? Show your hands. Cause it's jewelry. So they want to make sure your hands don't, you know, (laughs) jacked up. Um, And they say, what is love to you? And I cracked up. I was like, I don't think you want my answer. I really don't think you want my answer. And then they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, to me. Love is service. Love is sacrifice. Because I think they really wanted that. Like, you ever seen Wedding Crashers? Like, Mm -hmm. love is when one soul meets its counterpart or something really romantic. But for me, I just think about a baby. And I think about, like, whenever parents have a baby, do they love that baby? Yeah. And can that baby do anything for them? Mm -hmm. No, not at all. What about when the baby's one? Can that baby do anything for them? No. But do you think they love the baby more or less? More. More. 
And why? Because they woke up every night. They fed every day. They changed diapers. They served. They loved. And, and you know, the Son of Man came to serve and to not be served. The Son of Man came to love and to not be loved. And, and that, to me, is so powerful when it comes to your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I forgot why I was on that whole little rant. <laughs> what was I saying before I told that story of the baby thing? Um, they don't give anything in return. Yeah. It, service. Yeah. But right before that, what was I, what was I sharing right before that? Well, you guys got to rewind it and let me know in the comments. You comment well, you know, I think we have been recording for a while. I had so many house questions I was going to ask. Oh but my goodness. We're just going to have to fly you guys into Dallas again. No, there we're going to come to Florida next. Yes. And then you come to Florida, it. stay at our new, new house. Oh my gosh. Record there. Nothing more. Yes. We're we'll going to have it. like a podcast room. So we're, we're pretty yeah. jacked. I heard you guys have like guests every week. We, we definitely yeah. have guest book almost every week. But <laughs> the, the master's hotel. Well, what's cool about the boundaries thing is that our guests will, will have their own entry and exit. Uh-huh. And so wow. they can fully just enter and exit the house with their own like code yeah. and all that stuff. And so if we need to like live our life and stuff, like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're on top of each other. Yeah. yeah. A lot of thought went into it. And it's like a permanent guest room. Mm-hmm. We awesome. like will never make that room a kid's room. Like that's yeah. like permanently guest room only. Oh. Yeah. We love that. That's going to bother me to, to, to not know what track I was on. But what's <laughs> next? Still on it. But, but what's what, next? Michelle's like, what's next is me closing out this podcast because y'all talk a lot. <laughs> I that. would love for you guys to plug where they can find you guys too. You want to plug? You want me to what plug? What if I just said our address? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, baby. You can find us on YouTube at just Tori and Chad Masters. We also have a daily devotional podcast called the Messy Masterpiece Podcast. So we those are just short little podcasts at around 10 minutes, but we love like devoting ourselves daily to the Lord with our community. Mm-hmm. And then on Instagram, it's Tori Masters and Chad Masters. Mm-hmm. That's Amazing. all the places. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks for having us. Thanks for letting us chat up. so much for listening to this episode again all of tori and chad's information will be in the show notes and i hope you guys just felt uplifted and encouraged that's always how i feel after i get to talk with them so i hope you guys do too if you enjoyed feel free to write me a review that really does help the podcast by just writing a review subscribing listening every monday when it's posted you guys mean so much to me the podcast listeners are truly my core favorite people ever. So I'm so thankful for you guys. Also, please tag me in a story if you're listening. One of my favorite things to do is waking up on Monday and seeing who's listening and seeing how you guys are listening. It makes the world just feel really small and I really appreciate that. So feel free to tag me in your stories and I will catch you guys in my next episode. Bye friends.